0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Patreon had all these great selling points and stats. I could get meaningful revenue from my fans, and finally find the creative freedom I'd heard so much about. Patreon's about page said creators' incomes doubled annually. Their blog had, stories, uh, had story after story after story of their users making thousands a month. Of course, I was grateful for everyone who contributed to mine, but none of the site's promises were coming true. After launching my Patreon, I struggled for months to find work. Patreon filled my downtime and became a full-time job itself. I'd spend hours combing through photos, looking back on notes I'd taken on the road, researching where I'd been. I'd post on Twitter and Instagram with teasers, free stories, anything to attract my followers to my Patreon page. I made friends on the site, I shared their project on my own social media, and I kept up with all my subscribers' projects. It was a lot of work for little pay, but I was determined. A year later, my monthly earnings on Patreon have grown from $120 a month to $163 per month. That was from a piece called No One Makes a Living on Patreon, written by Brent Knepper, uh, writing for The Outline. And this is Waypoint Radio. I'm your host, Austin Walker. Today, uh, Danielle is, is, is out uh, dealing with some family issues. Joining me, Rob Zachney. Hello, hello. Patrick Klepek.
2: I'm here. That Jurassic Park trailer is bad.
1: Oh, I didn't see it yet. That's crazy. We should talk about that in a second uh, <laughs> and also oh because because uh, our very own formerly starred in Jurassic world, uh Jeff Bacalar is here coming to us from 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 your home, I'm guessing.
3: From my temporary home. Oh in, right cause in, you're in uh, central New Jersey
1: okay, wow, that's far.
3: It's not close.
1: It used to be in Hoboken, that was close.
3: It used to be okay, and now it's far away.
1: <laughs> uh, if you don't know Jeff Bacalar, you should. Jeff over at CNET, also a, uh, a permanent member of, of the Beast Cast. Jeff and I have done a lot of podcasting together. Uh, welcome to the show, Jeff.
3: Thank you very much for having me. It's, uh, it's a delight to be on a podcast once again.
1: <laughs> it's been a couple of weeks. All of your normal podcast uh, co-hosts are in San Francisco right now. They left you behind.
3: Yeah, they thought it was really funny. Uh, to leave me alone didn't really tell me what was happening that's what yeah, they just like tell when...
4: you they'll be right back and yes yeah.
3: yeah i was really? holding i was holding vinnie's drink he said i'll be right back
1: going out for some cigarettes <laughs> and then and then never came back that was it for Vinny. <laughs> oh man uh how you been doing how what are you up to these days Let's start with plugs uh, what are you what are you doing where should, where should people be looking for you on the internet
3: that's a good question um I'm I'm doing a lot of new stuff uh, for, for Cnet uh, we're we're really trying to focus on new video um, endeavors. Oh yeah, and is that what
1: the internet's about these days? It's video? Yeah,
3: I myself personally am pivoting to video. Wow. And it is a difficult pivot. But <laughs> well, I am... you were,
1: I went on your Cnet profile and it said you've written an obscene amount of articles for Cnet. Do you know how Lies. many? Do you Lies. know how many it's been? What, your, seven? Your, yeah, seven. twelve hundred. 1200. Really? Yeah, if you go to your CNET profile page, okay. it says there's how, 1200. How do I get there? You just go, on, go on a web search engine and type okay. in CNET Jeff Bacalar. This is going to get real funny in a second because I didn't tell the rest of the story. Okay. Um, and then there's a picture of you, and you're like, mm. oh shit. You're giving like a cool little smirk and says, member since April 23rd, 2007. And oh, it says fuck. articles, 1216. Oh then my God. Click on articles and it doesn't do a thing. <laughs> <laughs> There's no hey. way to see your articles because the internet is what the internet is now. Oh, God,
3: man, I'm I'm gonna apologize for that. Uh, I'll I'll fi- I'll file a bug. And get yeah, that. File,
1: file a bug report. Send it to the web help desk, uh, <laughs> and you know, in six to eight weeks, I mean months, <laughs> that'll be. Taken care of. Oh, buddy! Listen, the product teams all work really hard. Uh, it's just sometimes you know they're handed priorities lists that don't necessarily reflect what the people in the pit want. I get um,
3: it. A, so, a new Star Wars movie's coming out. There are priorities. <laughs>
1: uh, Lord, Star Wars memes. That's what I'm. Yeah, Star Wars memes. That's the that's the priority. Um, that's what's in
3: the top of the queue right now.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's funny that you you talk about the, the pivot to video because. That has been a response to changing models in, in uh, advertising dollars on in media. Um, you know, there was a time when display ads, the sorts of like banner ads and takeover screen ads, were what drove a lot of uh, a lot of money on the internet, um, and the money there dried up as advertisers came to understand that no one clicked those and that they didn't really affect buying patterns or uh, kind of life habits in any meaningful way or, or not as, as, meaning, as meaningful a way as they would want them to. Um, and uh, partially, they were also led there by uh, Facebook and Google, who are companies that have a lot of investment in video as a platform. Um, and so every three months, you see a new you know, study come out from one of those companies that says... Oh, people are so engaged with video. People have a high engagement rate. They're, they're, they, you can, if you test uh, their level of passion, it's higher when watching a video than reading words on a page. And, and like they push this narrative uh, so hard that a lot of the advertising money goes into video uh, original video content now um, and and in general' it's just like traffic has shifted in that direction a lot of people do just like watch you know 30 second clips on Facebook with the sound off um, and with you know subtitles on and like that is how they consume the most of their media now and so we've seen a lot of s- switch to that
3: but I mean with, to be fair like you know I think, you can uh you know trace a similar pattern with how television worked i mean mm-hmm. you know it's i don't i don't think i understand the resistance to it but at the same time i understand that like mediums tend to follow a similar you know path to revenue and, and advertising revenue and this right. is you know one way or another kind of you know the water will always sort of follow that that you know least the path of, at re, the of least resistance yeah. so yeah
1: so yeah. the, the the reason I think that's interesting here is like to, to think about that is there's this other thing that's happened and will continue to happen in this space, which is a move to direct to consumer product um, direct to consumer uh, uh, kind of subscription based stuff DTC direct to consumer is what all the business people in my life call it. I'll go into a meeting and they're like, "Well we have you know three people working on DTC for this year and it's like, huh what are you talking about who's that who's DTC Is that a wrestler I don't know." Um, and, and it's like, okay, subscription-based stuff, because you've seen sites on uh, a very small individual level, you've seen sites like uh, Patreon Startup or Kickstarter, which is working on Drip, uh, was about to, is about to relaunch, basically, uh, which is a similar ongoing crowdfunding thing. Um, and that is being positioned as uh, an alternative to this. I mean, you also obviously saw Hulu. You also saw, you know, Netflix. Like there are subscription models all through our lives now, and even in our space, in in the world of gaming. You know, you look at, at like what the kind of funny team did, leaving IGN, leaving traditional media to go create a direct-to-consumer model. Obviously, Giant Bomb does this. Uh, I think everyone is thinking about this. Like, if you read a website, if you listen to a podcast, someone on that team is thinking about how do we become a subscription model. Um, and so the thing that, that happened this week, just to, like, bring up why I was reading from that piece and, like, what I want to talk about with all of y'all, because, Rob, you, you said you had some thoughts to, to me last <laughs> night, um, is that Patreon is shifting how they are changing their their payment um, Uh, system basically Uh, I'm just going to read this this paragraph again from no one makes a living on patreon over on on the outline while I was writing this article patreon made a change in how it does business for years creators received 90% of their money their monthly earnings 5% went back to patreon the middleman and the remaining 5% went to fees and taxes This changed in an email sent to creators this week announcing that creators would take home exactly 95% of every pledge with no additional fees, quote-unquote. While none of it seems like great news for Patreon... Sorry, while it seems like great news for Patreon's creators, the response was livid. The fee change comes at a cost to the site's patrons and indirectly to its creators, who will get a higher percentage of donations, but, a, but of a smaller dollar amount, like overall. Patreon is making up the lost 5% fee on creators by charging patrons an, extra, an additional 2.9% uh, plus another 35 cents on each transaction. This means that smaller donors will be hit the hardest. Uh, so, basically, if you're, if you're spending, if, you know, if you're supporting five different creators at a dollar or two, you're getting hit with that 35 cent transaction on each one. Um, and so, I'm just kind of interested both in this specific thing, but also just like crowdfunding in general, what the place of, of kind of direct to consumer subscription based stuff is in games, in the games industry, in games journalism, in your own lives as readers and, and viewers of video content. And just like, what is the, what's the future look like? That's anybody please well, the <laughs> Give me guidance. let me know that there will be a tomorrow.
4: <laughs> I mean, I think what's really concerning about something like this is it's clearly meant to not really affect uh, people running larger patreons mm-hmm. uh, to, to a large extent like it's probably good news if you're if you're running a, a large scale patreon, especially because patreon like like a lot of things, uh, most of your successful patreon pro like programs or campaigns are probably largely funded by a fairly small subset of uh patrons. Uh this is like at least this is this is my experience. Like uh with with three moves ahead is on, on, on Patreon. Uh, I've talked to other people who've seen similar models like you know, some people have a little more disposable income or are just like, you know, mega boosters and right. contribute significantly more than, uh, quite frankly, one would reasonably expect someone to value a value workout, which is really <laughs> heartening to see uh, and, and a little bit intimidating as well. But a lot of a lot of Patreons are making the majority of their money off of uh, like slightly higher value uh, patrons. However, the majority of your patrons are going to be people making small pledges, right? Right. People treating Patreon as a tip jar. And what's concerning here is it's Patreon, to be cynical about this, it looks and feels like Patreon seeing a way to skin those people for fees without pissing off the creatives that sort of make the platform useful in the first place. Right. Uh, and so it's going to be those people making small pledges, who yeah, they're going to see this in their bottom line. Like their small pledge just became significantly more expensive. The dollar they pledge just turned turned into like, uh, what a dollar, dollar thirty five, dollar forty six, dollar
1: thirty, thirty dollar at least a dollar thirty five because it's a thirty five dollar, right, thirty five cent fee plus the taxes, right?
4: Right. So. Those people are going to see that pledged cost increase quite a bit. Right. It's not the the creators are not going to see that uh, quite as much. But what we're what we're already seeing, and I'm already starting to get a lot of emails from people who back uh, the Three Moves Ahead Patreon. I'm getting these really upsetting emails. People apologizing for not being right. able to send me their like six, twelve, fifteen bucks a year. Because they just don't love this fee and they feel bad about like pulling support, but uh, you know, them's the brakes. And I don't fault those people at all. This is bullshit. It is Patreon choosing to exploit that class of donors, sort of seeing an arbitrage opportunity within their business model and sort of futzing with the math so that small donors who do make the majority of uh, patrons on Patreon uh, become a profit driver. Uh, yeah. Instead of kind like you know, instead of probably from Patreon's point of view, a less interesting driver of profit—not quite a nullity, but but not the not a place you can pick up a lot of revenue really quickly via transaction fees.
2: Or they're willing to lose all of those lower dollar right. people in the exodus, knowing that the larger creators keep a higher percentage uh theoretically of uh what they're raising through patreon and so yes you'll piss off a lot of small creators that rely on uh smaller uh donors but in the grand scheme of what they're trying to accomplish financially they may be they may put on a face that says oh we're trying to make work for everyone but as they're trying to you know raise capital which we we shouldn't forget is part of this like they haven't they didn't say that but they're uh Like, Patreon has been in... uh, Currently, like, looking around uh, for, like, uh, larger evaluations. And... So it wouldn't be shocking if, like, this was part of a move. Like, Patreon doesn't make much money. Like, someone, I was reading some analysis (laughs) of their financials, like, you know, because they're they're a relatively, uh, you know, smaller service that makes all of their money on transactions in the same way that you go to Ticketmaster and, like, they charge you a quote-unquote convenience fee. Like, this is just how they they make their money because they just host people who raise money from other people. Um, And I think they're probably making a calculation that uh, I think is uh, cold-hearted and bad and shitty, but maybe it is towards their larger aims it's that shitty because it doesn't help the people that i feel like patreon is there for and patreon is like a weird ecosystem to begin with because folks i rightfully get upset that like there's a certain group of people that make a lot of money on patreon um, yep. and a lot of people that don't i've always made the argument that you, you, those people existing on patreon like hopefully has like you know not to not to uh, say trickle-down economics but the hope is like a larger group of people <laughs> on patreon maybe comes across other people i don't know what the percentage of like actual trickle down is there, but um, Patreons always know, uh,
1: the the point you're making is that like if a if a large artist goes on Patreon, the hope is to then bring people into an ecosystem. Now they have an account, and maybe right. they do also look around and see small projects. And ideally, maybe the the patron uh, even uses the platform to shout out other things that they love on Patreon that people can go support and like blah 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 blah.
2: Yeah, the way there was um, like, some Kickstarter's that would make a lot of money. There was like sometimes uh, they would say like, hey and if we go over X amount, we're going to donate some percentage to another uh, uh, Kickstarter. Like, that was something that happened for a little while on yeah, that service. Yep. So, um, ideally, that's how it works. That's not necessarily how it works in practice, and they've never released any – they don't have a no reason to release statistics on whether that actually trickles down in that way. But, uh, yeah, I don't I, – this seems bad to all – like, I don't <laughs> – like, I've seen no – no one seems happy about this. I, you know, I haven't seen yeah. reactions from, like, the biggest – uh, patrons, uh, you know, the, the biggest folks on Patreon. I think, you know, like, uh, Chat Trap House, the uh, far-left podcast, I think, makes, like, the most openly amount of money yeah. on Patreon. And then there's a, a YouTuber commentator whose name I'm forgetting. It's mentioned in Brent's piece. I think um, it's,
3: like, Nerd something, right?
2: Well, there's that, and there's another guy. Anyway, like, there's a way in Patreon where you can actually lock how much you're, not publicly show how much you're making. It only shows your pages but you have people that oh, are it's making Phil Franco it's still DeFranco. Phil, it's, yes. it's
1: Philly D of course it's Philly D um, oh Philly D
2: uh... <laughs> remember YouTube remember YouTube and like... it sounds like a guy from Jersey Shore if I'm being uh, totally honest. <laughs> um yeah I don't yeah it, it's it this seems like a I, I don't know what this means for the platform long term but uh the, the consensus I've seen from folks that I, on patreon that make like decent money that aren't in the you know the 30 40 50 60 thousand range but are making anywhere between you know two and ten thousand dollars per month like I, I don't know if their drop off is gonna kill their ability to do the work they want to do but right. it is having a negative impact almost immediately in a way that i think will sour people on the or could potentially sour people on the platform long term
3: um yeah i think what patrick's trying to say is this is the perfect parallel for tax reform
1: <laughs> <laughs> why is that jeff why, what do you uh what's, what's the case you're trying to make here huh
3: Oh, no, nothing at all. It has nothing to do with, like, the people at the top benefiting at
2: all. <laughs> like, no, I think, I think
3: yeah. uh, you know, and you kind of alluded to this when we were talking a little before about how there seems like something was done uh, and even what, uh, to jump on top of what Rob said a few minutes ago, how there was sort of, like, this void where maybe money was getting left on the table. And I don't mm. know if it was, you know, Patreon internally or some sort of firm or agency or whatever you want to call it that maybe influenced this decision or however it was, you know, arrived at. Uh, it it feels like the thing that got overlooked was maybe the human element of the entire yes. thing. Yeah. And that's something that, it you know, that is a variable that doesn't have an actual number attached to it. And I think that is really... You know, and, and and that's what's manifested uh, from from the reaction to it, right? That's a, that's what's floated to the surface, and I think that was something that was obviously severely overlooked. I well, mean, they, they
1: is... could have. Oh, go, go ahead, ahead, Austin. Uh, well, I was going to say very briefly that like the the thing here too is that that it, it kind of gets at one of the the weird contradictions inside of Patreon already, which is like this is a business that is trying to make money, but the thing that makes people resonate with it is that it is a way for them to support artists and creators that they like, um, which is often a very mushy like feelings forward thing where like the last thing you want to be thinking about when you're like oh, I don't really have it, but I want to toss someone a couple bucks this month um, is the money side of it and, like, feeling like you're being ripped off or feeling like anybody involved is getting ripped off. Like, everyone wants to support the – the everyone understands that, that, like, the business costs money to, to operate. But that's not how any of this was framed. None of this was framed as, like, well, we're raising fees because blah, blah, blah. It was all, like, so – uh, openly it was like so, the spin was so obvious it was so clear that they were spinning something that was hurting the 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 people who were who were kind of in their own lives giving the most even though the the dollar amount wasn't the most the sort of like the reach that they were making was the most uh and everyone involved like especially cuz like again there's a bunch of people who like make podcasts or make music or do you know various artistic pursuits like a lot of us have been fucking kicking and screaming just to get through the week you know like when i first started so i fool dis- like not full disclosure but like uh, you know speaking from a point of experience i have a patreon i run friends at the table which is a, a actual play podcast we play tabletop role playing games and we record it we release episodes every week um and we started the patreon back in june and or, or in the summer and we were thrilled to receive a lot of support from our fans um, and we know that, and part of the reason that we set up our kind of our, our reward spread is that we know that there are people who don't have it because a lot of us either don't have it now or have not had it in in the past. Like when I started in front of the table, I was making fifteen k a month or fifteen <laughs> a month. Jesus, from home, a year uh, uh, as a teaching assistant, I was not making and a, and a freelancer. Like I wasn't breaking seventeen k like for years in a row. I'm like I I don't know. I got this I got this you know uh, blue snowball mic. I could do a pop podcast now um and so i remember even then i'd be like okay i can give like a buck a month to these three patreons i really like it was like you know uh do you remember patrick that game um uh uh fucking something world um you peed on people it was very good
4: uh
1: i can picture uh... it so clearly curse world no um piss world no (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> if I do a Google search for games where you pee on people, I don't like what I'm going to get. It. Games, games where you where pee, pee on, on people. pilgrims. Remember, there are pilgrims involved.
1: I'm so it's mad that I don't remember. Oh, it's all Portal Two or Postal Two, <laughs> Portal Two. Um, I don't fucking remember the name of that game. Anyway, it was kill me. I still support her on 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 Patreon, but I was like, oh, she's making weird, cool art games. Um, that means that I should, Crypt World, Crypt World, Crypt World, Crypt World is really good. Crypt World is great. So it's like, oh, I'm making 15K a year, but I'm still going to try to give 12 bucks a year, 12 of that dollars a year to to Lilith, who made Crypt World, which is a really interesting, like independent alternative game. Like brilliant, really funny. And and a lot of our supporters, a lot of Friends of the Table supporters are are in the same position. And so it's so fucking frustrating. And I don't think that Patreon accounted for the fact that so many of the, Patron, or so many of the creators could empathize so clearly with their with their patrons like it's not easy to be like oh there's only a hundred of you paying a dollar a month so i don't even care like no i fucking of course we care um and it just seems like a disconnect between the the sort of business brain and the 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 creative heart of what this of what patreon is
2: and they should have allowed patron uh, different uh, creators to opt out um, right. Like they Let should me have allowed. The fees. Yeah, they should. They should have said, "Look, uh, we're 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 changing this. Generally speaking, but that if a creator would like to, eat, like if they wanted to change it, and then maybe that meant that some creators were going to make less. Like I don't. Like maybe that was the trade off. It's like the creator makes more, yep. um, and then the people supporting them have to pay a little bit more. Or uh, yeah, like like it, give give an option to this because I think there were I think there would have been a lot of people, especially the people that are making you know in the thousands, uh, were yes. like. Like, uh, you know, I I'm just throwing it a spitball, but $200 a month, like, isn't – like, to keep those people is more important to eat that 200 than to yeah. create, um a, you know, a toxic atmosphere where people with not a lot of money don't feel like they can participate in – Either supporting people or getting access to some of the cool stuff that you like. That's also right. like Patreon, Patreon. is not just about uh, you know uh, supporting people financially. It's often a thing you like. You get cool shit because you give a dollar or some amount, and you exactly. get behind the scenes things, or you get them early, or you get them without ads. And so they're like you are uh, placing a, a larger uh, financial burden on people who not only want to like help people make things that capitalism and the market does not explicitly support in a way that people can put their full time. Uh, effort into, um, and then you're also excluding them from the ability to like get access to those things. You're you know you're encouraging them to then go like pirate those things from other places or or not see it at all. And it's just it's just bad all around. It's a, it's a real bummer for a service that by and large, uh, it, its problems aside, has done a lot of good for a lot of people that wouldn't be able to yeah. do those things otherwise. Like, even in Brent's article, which like you know you know sort of like you know investigates some of the problems with looking at Patreon as a way of like being a full time career for a lot of people Mm -hmm. like he he highlights stories where like there was a woman that I think she like works at a coffee shop and she's an artist and she does comics on the side and her Patreon doesn't make that much money but over the course of like six months it let her buy like a nice tablet and a pen so she she could do better comics like for some people they don't view Patreon as a way to do full time career it's a way to like do a hobby or do something yes. you'd eventually like to be your, your full-time thing and maybe it allows you to get some resources to build in that direction, especially for people that are in, you know, their, like, early 20s or coming out of college with debt and things like, there's just all sorts of reasons why uh, small-time Patreons are uh, are really useful for a lot of people in a lot of different ways and I have no idea how Drip is going to work. I thought it was a bad yeah. footing to start out with just, like, a bunch of elite creators that could uh, make, I mean, it makes sense, like, from a, you know, a perspective to draw attention to it, but I don't. I don't know that it necessarily signals like we're here for the little guy when it's like, <laughs> like huge people with an audience that are gonna have no problem raising X amount of funds on a service like that. Or are any people service that are, that right. are, tr- are trotted out. Um, also, drips yeah. a bad name. I don't like drips it. a bad name. It's a bad name. <laughs> it sounds funny, like something like- that's coming out of my butthole, not like something <laughs> okay. uh, I'm gonna uh, fuel well, fund someone's. Uh, are, is your comics. butthole okay, Patrick? As far
4: as I know, but okay. you know. You gotta that's get something. everything checked out once. A butthole year. check. You, you real should quick. maybe investigate that if, if that's what resonated <laughs> oh, with you about a, a. drip platform? Can that was we get a quick? Can we get go right to going
1: to to make sure Patrick's butthole <clears throat> is okay, please? <clears throat> so just
4: just a quick thing though. There's there's uh-huh. something I don't fully get because we haven't we haven't seen this in practice yet. They haven't switched over like my yeah, last it's on the pay 18th, cycle. I think right. Yeah. So as I understand it, prior to this you'd see, like, a monthly charge from Patreon, and then your different pledges would go to the various, like, buckets, correct? uh uh-huh. As I understand it now, you're going to get all these different charges from Patreon. Yes. Depending on what you're running. To to the point where, like, I can actually start to see why maybe, uh, like, Patreon is charging a fee, because now they're also paying probably, like, if it's anything like what retail has to deal with, like credit card transactions also involve right. involve a
1: fee. Someone came out yesterday with the math and it was wrong at first because they thought that Patreon was taking a certain amount from each thing. What Who's really winning in this is PayPal, uh, who is getting a ton on the extra transaction fees. A lot of this, so Patreon ran an update last night that uh, was like... Meant to be like, oh, everybody here, we're gonna be more transparent and show you more about why we're making the decisions we're making, um, and it was not, it was not really a useful one. But the thing that it did explain is that what they're trying to bring going into 2018 is instead of it being, all right, so you say you want to go support a Patreon. Let's say we we launched right now a a, a Patreon for Waypoint Radio. If you wanted to come support us right now, you would come pledge, and then, or or this time last month, you would come and pledge. You wouldn't get paid, you wouldn't get charged right away. You'd get charged on the first of the next month. Um, That's because we release, that's if you supported us monthly. If we also said, well, or you could support us per episode we put out, then you would get charged each time we put out an episode. So.
2: That's how things are. Right.
1: <laughs> twice a week. You'd get charged twice a week. Five bucks an episode. It's, it's you know, you want to fucking support us or not. We're trying to make art here. Uh, are <laughs> <not, laughs> we? Yeah, butthole drip. Um,
2: now, Aww. hey, what? I'm going to write that down. That's the episode title. <laughs> that no. go through? Will that get through iTunes? i, don't, I mean, I'm, We're to find out.
1: Put them in short. Um, the, the, but what they want to go to – and they said that they like, now what we heard from all of our creators again and again is what we want uh, – the, what they wanted was a monthly subscription where you get charged up front. You get paid every month, but as soon as someone says that they're pledging to you, then they're also paying you for that month. Um, and – they're like, well, we can't do that because what if someone pledges on the 28th and then they're going to get charged on the 28th and then also get charged on the 1st? That's, that's, you can't. I don't know how to deal with that. So instead, we're going to go to a monthly, like a monthly uh, anniversary model. So if you start on the 28th, you get charged on the 28th. And so now they've they've put out this this graph that is like, this is what Patreon will look like, uh, a uh, Patreon-like charge schedule looks like in the future. Um, And it just like, This is the thing that's supposed to calm people's nerves, like, oh, this is why it happens. And just the word fee seven times, because you're getting hit on every new per pledge, uh, per post pledge, and you're now not just getting hit with one fee at the end of every, at the beginning of every month, you're getting hit with a fee on each um on each monthly anniversary transaction so if you supported somebody on the 8th you get a fee there if you supported somebody on the 13th you get another fee there if you supported someone on the, the 20th you get another fee there because those are all unique individual transactions and like i'm not i don't know their data i believe them that lots of people are like oh could you make it so that uh the charge the guy when he says he wants to support me he says he wants to support me take the money take the money from him then instead of waiting until the first i'm trying to pay, pay, pay my rent i get it but i don't actually think that this was a solution that solves that problem in a human way um, because it just – anytime you end up with we're going to run eight different things instead of the one at the beginning of the month, it just like – it just seems – it feels like someone is being ripped off. Um, and that's just not a good feeling to have ever. Uh, and it's just like, control your messaging on it. Control your optics. Be very clear and upfront about a change like this. Uh, and, and it has to make ordinary sense. Like, it has to make sense to both creators who are making $300 a month, creators who are making $3,000 a month, creators who are making $30,000 a month, and all of the various people who support uh, all of those creators, who, who you know, donate a huge range of money. And like, this explanation just did not do it for me at all. I'm frustrated is the thing. I'm frustrated is the thing and it's not the... I think the thing that's... One of the things that's interesting here is it's making me remember... Do you remember when Oculus got bought by Facebook?
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: for, for how much money does anyone remember off offhand? $40 yeah.
3: billion. Dollars. Was it oh, yeah. 40B? No, it was like 2. Oh, it was 2. That's still
1: two a lot billion? of money. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was uh, some backlash among early Kickstarter backers... Of the Oculus, who felt like, hey, wait a second, you wouldn't be here without my money. My money was part of what got
2: you here. Oh, right. They were kind of shareholders in some sense,
1: right? And that was like one of those early moments of like, nah, Kickstarter is not that. Kickstarter is you're gifting the money, Mm -hmm. you're going to be given something back in exchange for that, but you're not an investor, you don't have equity. Um, and I remember part of what I saw in the responses. I think I even gave quote about this to, like, uh, I want to say, or some writer somewhere, some some some. Uh, this is gonna kill me. I don't know. Whatever. Um, a tech writer somewhere. Um, that like one of the things I saw at the time among responders was like this sudden realization not only that Kickstarter wasn't an investment platform, but this disconnect that we had oh, we thought that this was a way... They'd seen what like collective financial action could look like. They'd seen a world in which, like, oh, what if we could all just pull our money and get a swimming pool? What if we could all just get our pull our money and get what we want with our taxes?
4: <laughs> I want a swimming pool. Right.
1: And so, like, what if you and everybody in your community were like, oh, we'll, get a, we'll put our, all our money together and put together uh, a swimming pool for the neighborhood? And, like, that's what taxes are supposed to do, <laughs> is, like, com- you know, provide for people in that big way. And then what Kickstarter showed was, like, oh, we can do that for, like, stupid watches that we don't want at all three months later. We can do that with people who aren't in our neighborhoods. We can do that with people all... Hey, you know what? Not, there aren't enough people in, in New York and Los Angeles who want to buy uh, a, a new, whatever, adventure game. or, or, or a, what's the, What was, like, one of the early... Like, a new wasteland, right? Like, there aren't enough people in major yeah. markets to buy a new wasteland. Uh, very obviously. The numbers don't show it. But there are enough people all around the world all said across everything to, like, to maybe, to maybe want a new wasteland. And if we can get their money ahead of time so that we can invest it and it can start making money while we're making the game, then we could pull it off. And, like, there was something really powerful about seeing that sort of collective financial action, like, work and then th- that Kickstarter thing, I think, for me at least, was like a really clear illustration of what the limits of that collective financial action were in the current model. and this seems to be a similar thing, which is like, oh no, 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 remember, this is business first. this is not we're, this is not arts funding. this is not like the, this is not the New deal but <laughs> um, but for, but for <laughs> podcasts and and gaming. like this is a business model. they're middlemen. They want to make a profit and they want to be acquired for way more money than what they're bringing in right now. Uh, and I think that can be jarring in this, like, even, like, I'm not even saying that this specific thought pattern goes through anybody's head, but that disconnect is very emotional between, like, this is a thing that I do for passion and love versus this is money. Uh, and, and, and those two things are, are often really diametrically opposed.
3: Yeah, but I think, like, every, you know, I think – you have to really focus on the fact that these are businesses. Right. And, I mean, it, even if it, it is playing devil's advocate a little bit, I think you have to understand that it is not a charity situation, right? It mm-hmm. is not. That is not what these, these you know, this is not like a a subsidized, like, artist program in some, you know, uh, other country around the world. This is. <laughs> so we don't have
1: it. here anymore because we've gotten rid of that. that <laughs> Which of is thing.
3: why I made, made sure to note that it was a foreign <laughs> Policy that would probably be affecting <laughs> yeah. um yeah i you know i i don't know if this was the way it was from the get-go um I, you know would right. it have taken off in the way it did i don't know but i think the biggest problem like you said is the emotional attachment that both creators and patrons have with a thing like this and um you know i don't i haven't read anything that proposes i mean i i, I realize the the creators eating that original fee i think that's a good idea for them to be able to choose that mm-hmm. but i haven't seen anything else that has been a very convincing uh um superior sort of way in which they do this
1: yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure maybe we can talk about what what comes next or like what the future of this is after we take a quick break We're about 35 minutes in now so we'll take a break put an ad break in here so that i can say something about a product
0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss.
1: And we're back. I probably just said something about a uh, some sort of electronic box. I can't
2: wait to buy that.
1: box. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Love to spend. Anyway, more about talking about the future of advertising and money in media. Um, what oh, I guess here's my question for you, Jeff. You've been in this industry for how long, how long have, you been, have you been writing about technology and games and, and doing videos?
3: All right. Ten years.
1: Ten years. That's a lot of experience. You've seen a lot of changes. Yes. Where do you see this sort of thing, this sort of subscription-based Patreon, Kickstarter, or like crowdfunded, like distributed funding thing fitting in the next few years? Is it still just going to be this sort of niche thing? Or do you think, how, when is CNET's, uh, when can I subscribe to CNET?
3: Uh, it's called CBS All Access, there it is. and
1: I can watch every Star Trek episode.
3: Every Star Trek. We just announced Twilight Zone is coming back.
1: Oh, sick! With Who's... Jordan Peele.
3: Yeah. That's oh, a word? big deal. That's
2: yeah, a big care deal. About producing, that, producing it anyway. That's, but,
1: that's, yeah, fine. That's cool. I'll
2: watch that. Yeah. You'll
3: watch that. You'll 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 pay for that maybe. Uh, Bazinga!
2: <laughs> I'll find. Uh, it's just my mom's sign up for CBS All Access.
3: Hell yeah! <laughs> Keep it in the family. <laughs>
2: I, I don't know. I,
3: I think, uh, look, there. you know, we talk, We used to talk about this where, you know, anything was possible. And now we have to talk about this colored with what the Internet's going to look like in six months. What is the Internet going to look like in six months? I don't know. Probably more expensive.
1: <laughs> What's the world going to look like in six months?
3: Don't ask questions that there are no answers to. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I think a lot of like, uh, you know. Net neutrality concerns are a very valid thing to to insert into the equation now. I think, um, you know, it seems that a lot of media companies are finding success with offloading their normal programming to a subscription-based service. So I think you will f- see that trend continue. I think when it comes to advertising, and you know, we talked ab- about this a little bit at the top, but when it comes to advertising, I think things will get way more, even more targeted and more surgical than they've ever been before, because I still think, and I would imagine most people in advertising would agree with this, is that they still, believe it or not, are not granularly targeted enough. And there's still huge sort of like catch-all campaigns that happen that, uh, are not proving to be as effective as maybe perhaps they could be. Uh. Now, you can like resist as much as you want, but I believe that is how all of us speaking on this call make money. So, uh, you know, it it's I think the future of that, however creepy or ugly it does look, I think that is going to be a main component to where this this moves for the for the crowdfunding stuff. You know, I I don't know. I th- I still think we're uh way Way in the infancy of that kind of revolution, but um you know, I think we're learning quickly what not to do
1: wait what's your list of things not to do? well, Set, slide that over the table so I know if I've done any of them
3: no, you haven't done a, done any of them i mean okay. you're not you're not a youtube and you're not i mean you're not what's I,
1: that? Gu- I I guess I'm not a youtube you know <laughs> but do like I mean, wanna,
2: can I be a youtube?
4: Be a YouTube. Go go crazy. YouTube seems like it's doing all right. I should uh, I should get into that. I should <laughs> I should create a video. I should create a video hosting platform. Uh, but I, here's the thing with like increasing like tar- increasingly targeted ads. It kind of just feels like <clears throat> advertising. The more we learn about advertising efficacy, the less impressive it gets and what's changed in the last 20 years is we can actually start to measure that maybe a little more accurately and like the russian army like retreating deeper into uh in, in deeper into the heartland before napoleon like with every stage like okay, well, this didn't work. Yeah, We'll do this other thing instead. Right. And that one, that one's going to work. This is the advertising that's going to be good. <laughs> like, yeah, those newspaper ads didn't, like, yeah, you didn't see the returns. Fine. Banner ads. That's the new thing. Mm-hmm. Everyone's online. People are going to love their banner ads. Mmm, that didn't work. Referral ads. Referral links. That, that'll be the one. <laughs> and with each stage, like, there's a period of adjustment. And then it turns out, like, that you can measure that this new form of advertising is also pretty much useless for uh, like controlling consumer behavior, and so now you need yet a more like specialized one, and that right. one's going to be the silver bullet. And I like and it never maybe at is. a certain point, yeah, maybe at a certain point it does get inside your head to the point where advertising basically is like a commerce-driven Jeeves who shows up at your slightest whim and is like, "I know exactly what you need right now. Just give me your credit card and <laughs> purchase this thing immediately." Hey, just turn and... it over.
1: Just give me your wallet. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna hook you up. Trust me.
4: Yeah, yo, do you like maybe? Mixtapes? Maybe, <laughs> maybe like, there's an pop. end game where that works, but my suspicion is that it's always going to be, it's always going to be disappointing, and the winner each stage is going to be Google and Facebook, who continue to like consolidate the advertising, you know, continue to consolidate Platform. a greater yeah. share of yeah. the advertising pie. Uh, under their control, while also telling people what kind of content to generate, uh, to which sort ch- of service which changes <clears throat> every other
1: day. The, yeah, uh, the like what uh, what does well on Facebook changes. Do you, are you in those meetings, Jeff? Do you do y'all have like SEO meetings and and like best packaging style stuff at this point? Sure. It's wild because I think about what I was told by the Vice crew that that like does all that stuff when I first started in July of of last year versus what we're told now. Sorry, people are mad outside.
4: They just heard about this
1: page. It, is yeah. that
2: game Bloodborne 2, or is it a new Tenchu game? Uh, I think it's a. What if
1: it's a? What if it's a? Um, what if it's Shadow Tower? Shadow Tower two. Yeah, that's the shadow. The word shadow came. Okay, um, the 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 fuck was I even oh when I first started they were like it's... they were like oh make sure that you have questions in your headlines make sure that you have uh you know stories where the the you know th- these photos do well this sort of photo does well uh versus now it's like no no questions in the in the headlines. Yeah. And, and make sure there's always a person. Every, every header image should have a person in it. People do well. I want a face, goddammit. That's not how people advise social team talk. I want to be clear. But like, you, there is that sort of like, that's how Facebook's algorithm works. Like Facebook's algorithm right. is not very personable. Uh,
3: you, you would, in, in, the one thing I've learned in 10 years of doing this, the one thing you would, you would be good to not have is a long memory. Yes, Don't. 100%. Like, don't remember what you did four years ago. That is, that was not trendy back then, but is super trendy now. Like, right. don't hold that grudge because the shit's just gonna come back again. And and you know, it, it, a lot of it is chasing the dragon, man. And Rob's completely right. Like, it will continue to change forever. And again, like I have to say, I agree. I don't, I don't think it's a very healthy. Uh, inter- I don't think it's very healthy in terms of parody for there to be, you know, a massively. Uh, a controlling sort of monster behind the wheel of the whole thing that, like, you know, is is like eating its own tail in a way. But, um, you know, the face of advertising and the face of the content that drives it is changing and won't really stop because there's maybe only two things that maybe work that have worked in 20 years on the Internet and... You know, everything else is sort of just, can we invent something new?
1: Right. Can we, or at the very least, can we convince our investors that we are in the process of inventing something new for long enough that they don't turn off the faucet? You know, like, we got it, we got it, we got it, trust us, the time is hit.
3: It feels like for the last two years, it's sort of been like, what can we, what, how far can we push the line before people just throw their computers out the window? Yeah. Like, can we poke, can we keep poking them inside this cage? Oh no, they'll read that too. Okay, well, keep going. <laughs> well the, the well, other Go
4: ahead, Rob. Well, no, and I think in addition to this, there's another element of um I, I don't know, it's like a form of survivorship bias, right? Where people keep telling you, well, this is the formula that works, this is what gets response, this is this is what a website needs to look like uh in order to be sustainable. And in general, like with, with at every turn it feels like the experience of consuming media on the web gets a little bit worse uh uh-huh. almost you know it doesn't matter what kind of media uh it just all gets a little more in your face and a little less convenient um and over time it, it does kind of feel like uh you're slowly ingesting poison uh to an extent uh where you, you are turning you know you are turning off your audience uh over time and the people you're increasingly marketing to are the people who are willing to put up with all of that shit uh, in order to consume that content. But what becomes invisible is the people who just kind of pieced out. After a certain point, they either because of your content strategy, those are the one dollar patrons, those are the one dollar patrons who
1: gives a fuck. Like, I don't like not me saying that, that's that's like the the people behind the people in suits saying, like, I don't care about the 500 people who don't enjoy the ad experience so much that they run ad block or they won't come to the site. I care about the 10,000 people who are going to come, the 10 million people who are going to come, like regardless because they read a funny headline like that is the that is the 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 mo and it's it can be frustrating because i think when you're in this business you are one of the 100 one dollar patrons in 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 the sense of like i care about the the experience like that medium article that i quoted from medium or not medium sorry uh that outline article the outline The Outline is, like, one of the most gorgeous sites on the internet, Um, and they have a very unique subscription, uh, or not subscription, a very unique uh, 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 advertising system of just, like, having very unique, very custom-made ads built into every article on the site. Uh, Like, they all have very, like, smooth... Animation a very um, like classy vibes like nothing is very like it doesn't pop up in your face. There's no playing, you know uh, video advertisements. Um, it feels very custom made. But like I don't know if this is the thing that lasts for the next year and a half or if this is a thing that lasts for the next five years. Uh, and it's I don't I'm hoping that it that this model works and that we see more of it. I guess like some medium sites also did this right where like at the top it would say um, uh, what was the sports site was Just like brought to you what was by the Ringer the Ringer Inver- did did that yes
2: probably the the most ambitious like collaboration and then they ditched it like a couple of months ago right they just ditched it exactly but for the first
1: you know for the first little while there after they launched it was just like at the top of every page it just said like the ringer is brought to you by bud light and it was just on medium it is no longer on medium either right
4: Uh, no
2: yeah well medium had had a difficult time sort of like pivoting to being profitable as opposed to just like making an easy place for your Blogs to look nice. Yeah, uh-huh. which I is like, feel like
3: a lot of sites did this though. Like, and not to take anything away from the outline, obviously. No, totally. I mean, we we talked before we started how cool of a looking site we thought it was. But I I I would, and again, I'm just sort of speculating here, but I would assume that uh, this would not be you know paying all the bills. I think you know it is. Where are a they getting cool money from?
1: Do you think they just have
3: investment? I, I would imagine a, the majority that's of it is investment. See. Yeah, I mean I can't right like yeah yeah it's a big team. This McAllen ad we're team. looking at it's super dope. It's real slick, but like I don't think it's putting the whole thing in the black. <laughs> right, right.
1: Or like I um, think that's the the case that their ad team is probably making is this is not sure. like advertisement on other sites. This is a premium. The thing that I've learned in the last year of running a website is that when you have something where you can say oh this is special that like will tick a box with a potential advertiser but it will not there's a cap on all of that shit um like we have a very loyal readership are the people who who support waypoint the people who listen to this are fantastic they they show us tons of support they support us on by talking to with us on social media they come to our forums they like and all that is incredible um, And the dream, I think, as a reader, and this is kind of what I always assumed before I was, like, in these meetings, was like, oh, so if you have really loyal, you know, fans, then the ads are going to be worth way, way, way more because you could just say, like, look at how loyal our fans are. And that's true, but only to a point. There's a point at which what you, what you get is, like, yeah, we get it, they're loyal. And you go, no, 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 no. no. They're not five percent loyal. They're fifty percent loyal. And like, yeah, no, we check the loyalty box, bud. I don't care if they're five thousand percent loyal. There's a point at which it doesn't matter. They're not going to click on our ads. Like a, a some some small percentage of them are going to be hit by this ad, and that's all we care about. It doesn't matter how loyal they are anymore. And I I bet that that's the same thing with this the the outline style of like, oh no, you don't get it. Like there is. One, you know, one ad on the page—it's yours. I'm like, okay,
2: yeah. Are cool. you loyal enough to not put on ad block?
1: <laughs> that's the question, exactly. <laughs> probably,
2: uh, not. Pro- probably not. Probably not. Because you know what? If I'm not willing to do that, yep. sometimes, mm-hmm. absolutely, <laughs> this is my job.
1: <laughs> yep. I have one browser set up with ad block, and one like when I'm logged in on my work account, I don't have ad block on. When I am, when I am uh, on my personal account, I have ad block on with lots of sites greenlisted because I like their work. Uh, but like uh, even even our own site sometimes when we get like served an ad because you know, someone served a, you know signed a deal
2: somewhere where it was like oh it's, it's gonna better, be a... it's better than it used to it, it used is to be honest it certainly <laughs> is it there certainly was a period is. where none of us kept our own website open at a tab all day because yep. it would crash your browser over time <laughs> so
1: the product team works very hard they have priorities they often handed down to them from above it's hard uh, um, the other thing uh, here that is that is I think. Interesting for me is maybe maybe two things. One is, I think I often fall, fall into the trap of thinking about subscriptions as the way out. Um, I, I I think it's fair to say, and I've said this before, is like, of course we're thinking about uh, subscriptions. Like we get a I get a tweet a lot that's like, have you ever considered doing subscriptions? Man, I've considered a lot of shit. Let me tell you, you know consideration. You can do that? That? <laughs> consideration is like a low bar. Like we constantly are like, what else could we do? Uh, how do we like? What other things could we think about? Uh, and so you think about a lot of things, and and I, I think it's also fair to say, and I don't, every, like I've said this before, every media company is thinking about subscription model services, including us. Um, my like weird nightmare is we fast forward five years, and you're in that meeting with the ad sales guy who's like, "All right, we know that you have no ads for your subscribers, but what if we had ads for your subscribers, and then we could pay the ad adver- we could have the advertisers pay us way more? And there's going to be a point at which, like it's so easy to now imagine the world in which we go into this beautiful five-year period or 10-year period where we go to -to direct-to-consumer subscription models and the sites get all uncluttered of ads and they're just beautiful and you're paying for what you're paying to to, directly to the people you love and respect and whose work you adore. And then like 10 years down the road, the money starts slipping into the red and then someone says, well, the thing we could do is we could run this beer ad (laughs) and like just even for your subscribers. And it's just like, I, I can see that future already. Like in this piece to Rob, your your sort of timeline of what we thought worked only ever works until a point. Um,
2: well, and it's also like I mean, thing with you know, look at the the, the dream of uh, uh, cable, right? You know, right. cord cutting, where it's like, oh, it's gonna be great. I'm only gonna pay for what I want. Well, we've yep. rapidly approached. Uh, it's not the future. It is very much the present, where by the time you pay for Amazon, Netflix, Hulu. Uh, uh, you know, there'll be the Disney thing eventually if you want to get, like, Marvel shows. Like, mm-hmm. by the time you add all that shit up, uh, if you want, like, everything, you want to watch sports, okay, then you need, like, a PlayStation Vue or Voo or whatever that thing is called. So boo. you can, like... Harley <laughs> Voo. PlayStation Boo. Boo. You're paying more than you were when you had a cable. Boo. Uh, I wonder if, the, you know, that, that becomes part of it, too, is that eventually it's like, you know, there's only so much money to go around even for people personally. And, and like, on top of that, you have the, the initial problem of, like, uh... You can't make money off of people if people don't know who you are and they want to give you money. Like that's uh, like a larger existential problem of like, you know, how do new people get started? You know, you're not going to give money to someone you don't know is any good. Yeah. How do those people get started if they don't work for platforms where they can get noticed in the first place? Then it becomes like increasingly individualized patreons and backing services. Like you end up backing horses you already know because well, that yep. makes sense. That's like a reasonable yep. like risk uh, uh, assessment. But uh, that and becomes then, far more complicated when uh it's like just you know random writer wants to go on patreon like they're not going to make any money because right why would you give them any money
1: well and then those those creators also don't have access to the resources that they might have at a, a publication right like w- when i was a freelance writer on patreon i didn't have a legal team like i didn't have a, i didn't have anyone who i could be like i remember i wanted to write about dragon ball Z and so i was like all right i'm gonna email this company and see if i can get like, uh, uh, like, an early copy of this game. Um, and I'd done that here or there, right, like as a freelancer. But mostly as a freelancer, I'd gotten games assigned to me. Uh, so I didn't have contacts at Bandai Namco. I didn't have anybody who, I can go, like, oh, Patrick, do you have a contact at Bandai Namco? And what I definitely didn't have was, like, someone in a comms department to, like, try to get publicity for our work, right? Like, when we did, um, when we did the, 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 piece, the pieces on prison and games uh, at Play in the carceral State. There was a we have a comms guy advice who who we have a whole comms team we have a whole team it was not just one person it was not just a guy uh, we we had a couple of people who reached out to other publications and got our documentary into their hands. And we got, you know, the different articles to get circulation across a number of different outlets. And like that support comes from being in an institution that has those, those extra resources and has that institutional memory and has the, the set and experience. And then it also in our specific industry where we are receiving games to review, like means that there's a degree of oversight, which means that like, we make sure to go through the right steps to make sure that we're not like taking money to do positive coverage or to limit our coverage in certain ways. Like there are, there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways in which I am confident that the work that we do has a lot of integrity. Um, and I'm not throwing YouTubers under the bus. What I'm saying is, I wish that they had those support structures also, because when you're young and when you are like, oh, I don't have a name yet. It can be really easy to agree to things or to be convinced by people who are very good at convincing you of something that what you're the, uh, what they're asking them to do is standard is industry standard. It's like oh no 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 just let us fly you out to Rome to play the game to play the game for review is like such a, a, an easy thing to want to believe. Is has no baggage. If you are the young person who has a small but dedicated audience, maybe you're making you know maybe you're making a grand on Patreon every month, which is like hey, that's real money, but it ain't it ain't like great money if you're living in a big city in 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 America.
2: Well, Um, also think of it this way: like let's say I went on Patreon tomorrow and I made the equivalent of my salary. Yes. Well, actually, I need to make more than the equivalent of my salary because that doesn't pay for equipment. Doesn't pay for health insurance. Yep. Like, it doesn't, like, you actually, taxes you, are need not to make, pulled you need, out. You, you taxes you need are to make, not. like, one and a half. Yeah, like, yep. taxes are wild. What, damn it, I gotta, <laughs> you're gonna make me say this fucking word. <laughs> I never said wild before, and I'm, mm hmm. Think uh, of the
1: words you used to say instead of it, though. This is the thing. I don't, you'd, know. You'd well,
2: I, say, no, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know what that world was because now my world was is crazy. wild. The
1: thing that I don't say anymore is crazy. Yeah, I yeah say, no, that's true. I that's say true. wild instead so of so Insane. I, insane is also yeah, the Exactly. Word. That's uh, the problem. Is What I need is like a second and third because I've replaced insane, crazy, like other words with, with just wild. And Why would you
3: do that? Were you just like, I have to change it up?
1: Yeah, I just wanted to keep it fresh. No, I just, like, yeah. I, I, I I know I know too many people who are uh, neurodivergent or who have mental illnesses who, like, I see them bristle when someone is like, yo, that shit is insane.
2: Right. And it's like, uh, I'm not judging people. I know what you pe- mean, but it's just one of those, yes. like, small things. Sort of like, uh, what do you say? Like, hey, guys. And, like, there's a woman in the room. And I'm not saying that because I'm trying to dismiss the women in the room. I'm just... I'm just ingrained to say hey guys 100%. And so wild so became my like my switch off. Ridiculous, uh, un- I say. Untamed. Yo, undomesticated. This shit is
1: untamed.
2: Feral. That's pretty good. Feral's not bad. I like Feral. feral. you know what? that that Battlegrounds map today was fucking feral. That
1: battlegrounds map was feral. Fierce? Fierce is good. Fierce is good. Fierce has Fierce has likes.
2: Uh, uh, what, savage. Although See, HQ has ruined the word savage. Yeah, and also savage has
1: its own whole history. Yeah, uh,
2: uncultivated. This shit is bemusing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this Ag- is just agrestel I've never used the word agrestal before. I don't even what Ag- agrestel That's the guy who used to run
1: uh... growing used to run... wild
2: and cultivated fields. The GIA, right? Agrestel It uses the t- word wild in the definition of a synonym for wild. <laughs>
1: <laughs> ah, you know.
2: Fuck you Google Docs. Is that game Shadow Tower? Wait,
1: is it did they just drop it? I don't know. Okay.
3: That Death Stranding trailer was Can we just wild. talk about
1: okay, we let's I'm going to I'm going to yeah, make let's a get onto this. Let's talk about the fucking <clears> game awards <throat> last night. We talked we've talked about the future of media. Let's talk about the future of games and the, the
2: yesterday yeah. of games also. What do y'all yeah. what do y'all think about the game awards? Ah, uh, you got to give me some McDonald's. Rah.
4: Hey, fuck the Oscars. Oh my god. All right, so oh. at what point do you think Mads Mikkelsen is going to realize that he's in a And, and Norman Reedus that they've wandered in, into a single white female situation. <laughs> <laughs> like th- there is in fact no game. Like like they're just like wearing mocap suits and everything, and like reading lines, and, everything, and just hanging out with Hideo Kojima like Hideo all the Kojima time.
2: Loves I think the- Norman Reedus really? seemed, like based on like what he said last night, where he was just like, "I don't know, man. I'll do whatever the fuck this guy says." I think he is. I think I think he is there. Yeah, hundred like, percent. I I I think he has no idea what's. I mean, when I think when he joked. It was not a joke when he said, can't wait to go online and have someone explain to me what I, what we just watched. Oh, yeah. I, I believe him 100%. 100%. Oh,
3: he's just along for the ride.
2: Yep. So he's signed yeah, the you chest, be? I'd, right? I'd be along for the ride. I barely even like a lot of uh, Kojima's yep. games, and I, I I would be along for the ride. 100 I bet a
3: part of him is hoping this game never comes out. <laughs> <laughs> he just... He's like, I just want to keep being a part of these wild-ass, bemusing trailers. Hideo Kojima is, is like the Medici of Norman Reedus'
1: life. He's like just a lifelong patron of the arts. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. I want to see you work. You and you and Mads work together. This is,
4: this is going to be the David of Mpreg Fanner.
1: <laughs> I can't believe that baby was in him. <laughs> the baby I- give like a thumbs up? The baby yeah. gave a thumbs up. The, he the, gave like a
3: little like, You. S-
1: Yep,
2: I, I don't remember that part of my kid being born, but I yeah, don't that didn't it was happen a lot. It was a stressful experience. Maybe I so, <laughs> maybe I missed the thumbs up.
3: To Inside give you, it you a little way um, too clean, too.
2: Yeah, babies are dirty.
3: Yeah, that's <laughs> not. That, well,
4: look, I don't. I don't think that's an accurate representation of how any of the reproductive process mm-hmm. works. Okay, uh, but yet, it's sci-fi. Uh, exactly. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, exactly. It's you actually all. a utopian vision. Uh, <laughs> is uh, Norman Reedus journeys across the stars uh so that he can have a really antiseptically clean uh pregnancy <laughs> experience uh, anyway uh the other thing and this gives you a little uh preview and austin you and i need to talk about this toward the end of this year i was going to say some very nice things oh about a way out you a are. game that i was really excited for uh-huh. i have concerns
1: are you not still excited about that game because of, because of last night
4: I became less certain of the hands that the project currently uh-huh. resides in. Like like I played I played a way out at E3. I think we talked about it a little bit on the podcast we did around there. It is a really cool experience, especially playing with somebody else. Uh there are a lot of fun ways for things to go. Uh, like absurdly wrong uh in ways that you and your uh partner in crime will begin like basically you if you ever watched, like midnight game,
1: run remind people what this game is in case they don't remember what a way out is cuz it's kind of a generic name
4: Yeah so a way out is uh i think it's literally from uh the 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 designer who made brothers right yep. Yeah mm-hmm. Yeah uh, Ferris, uh is it Joseph Was Joseph Ferris i believe Yeah Joseph Ferris uh so it's 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 another co-op uh, another co-op game. It's it's a little bit like the best way to describe it honestly is like a co-op uh, David Cage game uh, oh. in, in in some ways, but a little that's, more grounded. That's a,
2: lot, that's a lot of baggage you're putting on yeah. that fucking game. <laughs> it <laughs> is, but like
4: with but with better writing and acting. Okay. Uh, and, with a, yeah, like, yeah. and 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 hopefully a slightly better handle on like what makes a game uh fun to play beyond just like uh, you know, timed multiple choice quizzes. Uh but the cool thing is if you've ever watched like um a heist movie or, or, or anything like that where, you know, it's cross-cutting between different parts of the action right. and, like, one protagonist is doing something and then another is involved in an equally pressing task. It all needs to come together or things are going to go horribly wrong. Now you can be sitting on the couch and it goes to split screen and you and your partner are basically, like, playing through that experience right yeah. like you're sort of keeping an eye on each other's screens arguing about like what the other person's character should be doing so like if you're you know say uh in the, in the demo d3 you're holding up a gas station right like okay i need you to stand by the front door and keep a gun on all these customers i'm gonna go rough up the guy at the counter and then both of you are sort of involved in those different tasks and how each of you perform is going to affect how the entire heist goes down, right. and the entire game is going to be like this. and And so, like if you've ever watched a, a, a movie like, um, you know, Midnight Run, for instance. I would love to have a Midnight Run experience uh, with Austin, for example. Like, I Hi. think we could uh, like Austin's my Charles Grodin. I'm of course <laughs> De Niro uh, <laughs> in that movie, and uh, you know, just sort of like journeying this great land and having adventures, and uh, you know, working together. I was excited for this. It's about you know two guys bust out of prison. Uh, there's a little bit of um, oh god, what is it? Is the movie called The Wild Ones? Uh, that is a movie. Sixties,
1: the yeah. There is a movie called yeah. The Wild Ones from the sixties.
4: Yeah, it's it's also a buddy break out of prison movie, right?
1: Yes. No. No. That's the one with uh, that's like a, a biker gang movie.
4: Okay. Still. Uh, anyway. Pointed. Yeah, so
2: what? Yeah. Why? Like why you? Why are you all freaked out now?
4: Because uh Joseph Ferris had a moment on the stage last night mm-hmm. where he like mm-hmm. you know at you know at the awards uh they show trailers and like creators and give them a little moment in the sun. It's nice. Yeah, it usually it is. Uh and Ferris kind of decided to just go up there and start ad living and then like basically get really confrontational <laughs> about it wasn't even entirely clear what, his, what the thrust of his speech was, but it was basically really confrontational about, it was this really like games triumphalism. Is the problem? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was
1: problem. And Keely,
4: it, it actually felt maybe like, maybe it was really meta. It actually felt like a really awkward moment in A Way Out. Like this is an encounter you could have in A Way Out. <laughs> One person is Jeff Keeley, right. who's watching your partner, Joseph Fares, go completely off the rails. And you're just stuck in that moment.
1: And his whole bit was just like fuck movies, fuck the Oscars, right. like right. games are so much better than movies. Game like beat my chest. I'm out here doing real
2: shit. Uh, and uh, EA's not that bad. Oh Actually, God, EA's not I, that bad. I forgot about the EA part. Ugh. He basically like in a in like a really uh, bad way att- like attempted to say like his point clearly was to say hey, the loot box stuff was not great, it was poorly handled, but they've basically just written me a check to go make a cool game and corporations are complicated and capitalism is weird. Like, that was, like, what he clearly meant to say. Instead, like, he said that, but as though you've been drinking for eight hours and then, like, it took you... Five minutes to get to the point, but you lost everyone along the yeah, way. Yeah,
1: that was like if, you know, you're at a, a wedding reception and, you know, there's oh, already yes. been the speech. But then, like, towards the end of the day, towards the end of the party, God. someone else stands up and goes over to the DJ mm. and goes, give me the microphone. Actually, actually. too
2: real. Do, do you have more, Patrick? No, have you? No, I was just saying that's what someone says. Oh
1: right, yeah. Actually, yeah, I knew them when they first got together, and like, uh oh, uh oh. What's what's Bill know? What does Bill remember? Patrick,
4: Patrick didn't. Invite me to be part of the bridal party. I don't know what, what that's about. I mean, the groom's uh, look. I'm not one of those fucking groomsmen, but we're we're brothers. Anyway, point is, we're brothers. None of you would even be here if it wasn't for me. You
1: Remember, brothers, I made that. I made brothers. Yeah.
2: I'm the left analog stick, and you're the right analog stick. <laughs> but now you're married.
1: Now you're getting married, and and he's now I'm be just the right the analog rumble stick. The um, the, it was like a kind of a running thing though. Last night was. People addressing the various elephants in the room in gaming in a way that were not—that was like none of them landed. Um,
2: the Rocket League, or not Rocket League? It was uh, what was it? Uh, it was it Fortnite uh, when they showed off a trailer for something like for stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the, the one thought one time it did land for me it was like I thought it was cool that the are mind Fortnite, like made a point to be like, "Hey, we want crossplay to be a thing yep. in video yep. games," that was, that was, and it's right. it's bullshit that uh, essentially that Sony is holding up the ability for, like, games to cross-pollinate and uh, multiplayer. Like, I thought that was actually, like, a, in terms of, like, a small Using grandstand of, like, something play. that, like, yeah. actually would help, like, video games writ large. Like, that would be a, a good thing uh, for that to happen. for video games. Like, I thought that was, that was cool. uh, fine. I mean, those interviews as a whole were just, like, super awkward yeah. and, like, didn't really – like, they should have been just scripted bits as opposed to uh, – these off the cuff things where i don't know it was yeah. it was, well, it, was there, it
1: was Bethesda ran an ad for single-player games and a sale that they're having, uh, also obviously,
2: um, there... and uh, well, one hundred thousand dollars isn't going to get us uh, single-player games. Bethesda, like, sorry to report, like yeah, it was a nice yeah. gesture, but like it's not. One hundred thousand dollars isn't going to make uh, a new uh, Star Wars Uncharted game.
1: <laughs> it's not going to make a, a new Campo Santo game. Campo Santo, yeah. uh, of friends no. of the show, uh, uh, announced uh, in the Valley of the Gods, their follow-up to Firewatch, um, which looks dope. Uh, but like that game yeah. isn't going to cost hundred. A hundred grand is just not no. a lot. And also, you're Bethesda. Like, y'all got Skyrim money.
2: Um. Yeah, you you could have easily donated like ten million dollars and actually funded a game <laughs> right. as opposed to uh, giving a hundred thousand dollars to the ESA, a company who <laughs> has like a decidedly exactly. pro-Trump agenda in 2017. So you know maybe uh, uh, maybe rethink that proposition a little bit. Like, uh, I understood the gesture, but the, it was misguided in some ways mm. that. Made it not uh, land right, especially well especially
1: because if one of the things the ESA could find itself doing in the near future is spending money to lobby against laws that would regulate loot boxes, like literally the thing that they're doing is giving That's money going to, happen, to the company, 100%. to the organization that will make it possible for there to continue being these specific multiplayer games built around loot boxes. So.
3: Yeah, just a wild. It would have weird... been okay if they were just like, oh, we're gonna hold on to this money because we're not, <laughs> we're not actually entirely sure where the safe place to put it
1: is. <laughs> right. We launched a bunch of games that people loved, but not enough of you. A lot of you didn't buy if our you, games
2: this year. If you know what Bethesda should do with this hundred thousand dollars, you can write in. <laughs> we launched a Twitter account. Yeah. Bethesda's one hundred thousand.
3: But if I'm if I'm Keeley, I woke up this morning feeling feeling all right because you know that's you know that's when you know you you you've made it as an award show where people are using yeah. it to exploit their personal <laughs> socio and political agenda it,
2: fe- it feels a little more like MTV like um, movie awards than it does like this like idea of whole pitching as the Oscars and I and I like Jeff and I admire what he's trying mm-hmm. to do but uh, like when uh, there are eBay commercials in yeah. between uh, when the longest segment of the night, is a trailer for a game that Lord knows when it is coming out. Is Death Stranding coming out in 2018? No. Like, is that coming out in 2019? No. Pro- pro- maybe? Maybe. maybe? Maybe? Fall 2019? I but it's announced
1: fall 2019 pushes to winter 2020. To spring 2020. 2020. Yeah. You're probably right.
2: You're probably right. Uh, and the longest thing of the night is probably, like, that, uh, or, or maybe the package they did... Um, was it for uh, Carol? Uh, I'm uh, I'm getting her name. Wrong oh, that, oh, the River at, Raid uh, developer, Atari. Carol.
1: Sh- yeah, which was good. Shaw? That thing was Sharp Shaw, Carol Shaw. I yeah,
2: Shaw. Right. Shaw's right. Um, but that Death Stranding thing, I think, was probably the longest sort of like individual bit of the evening and then I think almost immediately after that Kaylee goes up on stage and is like best strategy game like Uh-oh. Mario and Rabbids like best Blah Blah. like he just fucking burned through yeah. five yep. different awards and it's like I get that I, I, like, I get it I'm sure coming up with the financing for that like is a really complicated endeavor and it's different than things like the Oscars which are like privately financed and like I don't clearly they're able to do it in a way where they don't have to do these things but uh, I think by and large like Keely has actually made like a better award show as it's gone along if you if you if you just ignore all of that stuff mm-hmm. but apparently like the award like after the awards were over like the the post show where like everyone just went to get drinks was in like a Mick cafe yeah like it was like sponsor like that's that's gross dude like it's McDonald's like that like p- that plays into like the worst parts of of, like, the most cynical way to to view, like, gamers and, like, gamer culture in a way that, like, bums me out. Like, and that's not even necessarily like a shade of McDonald's. Like, I've I've been there at 2 in the morning. (laughs) McDonald's has its place. It's cheap. But I don't know. Stuff like that bothered me. The the commercialism, I understand why it's there. The way it was presented and packaged often got on my nerves as it went along, where it's, like, the trailers – and the eBay stuff and the Uber Eats and McDonald's, like it was just a lot. Even though the stuff that, if you removed it, I think all that stuff has gotten way better. Like doing the Atari yes, thing, hundred percent. That's doing the, the Carol Chabot uh, was the, legitimately like. I wanted more of that. Like yeah. even just a couple more things like that. The the one that they tried to do the Andrew House thing with PlayStation, I was like, is this dude out here to give his give himself an award? I, like I'm not weird. sure what's they just they set it up wrong. Like they didn't make clear, like, what exactly was happening. And then when I was looking on Twitter, it was like, okay, I'm not alone. Like, no one else quite understands what we're doing here. Also, why are we celebrating so many executives? Like, yep. I get it. Executives pull the strings. And, like, there's a reason that, like, producers will go up sometimes at, like, the Oscars and, like, accept those awards. But come on. Yeah. Like... It's, there are way too many executives up here on stage that we're patting on the back because yeah. the executives are the people that you end up interviewing so I think there's a little bit of a cycle there where it's like if you're like a gaming reporter you interview a lot of executives and then that's who you know right. and then a lot of these executives appear on these stage and that part was sort of
1: Right, so like that part specifically made me think uh, that the ratio was flipped, right? Like I have no problem giving Andrew House his due. He's been in the industry for a long time. Uh, it's 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 you know clearly a, a moment of change and era of change in Sony with with him uh, changing. He's leaving, leaving at the end of the year, right? Like he's actually stepping away. Um, I get it, but that he was then throwing to games game for impact which is uh, uh, you know, a kind of nebulous award that they've never really explained in a way that has ever felt consistent with who the nominees and winners are. And imagine if they'd swapped the amount of times those two things had and the amount of production values. Like, they knew who was going to win that award, um, or maybe they didn't, I guess it was voted, right? But, like, maybe Game for Change shouldn't be a voted award. Maybe that should be something that they give an award to and they produce a nice package for and put together, and then they show that package. The people, the winners in the audience have no idea that, like, that package is coming. So they've shot them for, for multiple things, or they're pulling from a bunch of clips. They have critics talking. They have fans talking, something like that, about the, the experience. Are impacted, right? Right, like, right. Folks, the people like, that are impacted. Like, Hel- exactly, yeah. exactly that. In,
2: Hellbla- in Hellblade's, you know, instance, like... Uh... Especially because that game, I I liked Hellblade a lot. I think I I admired a lot of what it was trying to do, even though I recognize, I've read the criticisms of how it handles mental illness and totally recognize all that stuff. But clearly, like, it resonated for a lot of people for that very particular reason. And it would have been fantastic for there to be a... You're not going to get someone up there to talk about it, but having a package that was, like, someone that, like, that game spoke to them would have been extremely powerful and a reason to handle an award like that differently.
1: Uh, Having someone who was impacted by the game give the award even would have been incredible right Uh, and then even for those small bits there are bits where they were like giving an award out by by like through an aside briefly again like best whatever best multiplayer game best esport game whatever was like uh, a thing that he said briefly And there were other words where he said all right let me just name five more with just a shot on him with no b-roll no like lower third no graphics at all and just like give me uh uh there are judges on this thing, right? There's a whole ream of of people who write about games all day, who make videos about games all day. Like, ask the – say, like, oh, part of being a judge is you might be called on to write 20 words about why you voted for this. Like, mm-hmm. let us put a 20 – like, a, a you know, a few sentences on the screen with some B-roll – that says like, oh, and this is why such and such is winning Indie Game of the Year. If you're, at, if you're not going to give them time on the stage to speak, if you're not going to show, you know, like, oh, just, just give us a little bit of something. Let the games shine. Let the creators, the actual creators, again, not just the executives, but the people on the teams shine. And the moments that worked were the moments that that happened. Um, mm-hmm. Again, like very uh, emotional moments around some, some key winners. Uh, the voice actress from Hellblade who got up and won, which is a very interesting win given like this was her first voice acting job i think there's probably an angle to to kind of work through what that what her winning means here you know uh in relation to the the actor strike and the notion that uh, a notion that a lot of people put forward was like oh anybody can do this job which is like i don't believe is true um it was it was really it was the moments that landed landed because they felt like human moments and they felt like moments that understood the industry and the ones that didn't were the chest thumping and the defensiveness and the like games are here games are real mcdonald's <laughs> just like <laughs> you, you you have to find the way and it's hard it's hard we had we had a guy dress up in a star when we launched our website and and we try to sell hamburgers like yep. i get it mm-hmm. i get it but like we tried to figure out a way to do that that felt like a a waypoint like solution a way that was in line with an attitude and a vibe um, and with the whole show. And so like the thing that was so weird was like all of the pomp of having a live orchestra throwing to, did you know you could have Uber deliver you McDonald's or go on eBay and buy new headphones felt really inconsistent. Yeah.
3: I think, I think they are. And again, like Patrick outlined its it's gotta be a hell of a thing to put on a show like this, right?
1: Yeah, definitely hundred percent.
3: I, th- I think they are heading in a direction where this is no longer, like, something that belongs on Spike. Um, and I think that's a good thing, um, you know, <laughs> yes. but it's going to be a little bumpy yeah, along the I way. I mean,
2: I think I, – you know, I, I can't speak to the financials, but I wonder if part of the – you know, part of probably what, you know, Keely enjoys about the show is that it's uh, broadly independent. But by being broadly independent, it means that you probably have to fill it with a lot of this – Advertising stuff in order to make the money work, right? right? Like, whereas if you had the backing of a right, you know, ABC or Spike, right? Spike, like Spike was underwriting yeah. it, right? Like, so but Spike, Spike was backing with ads because got.
1: It's like also filled it with celebrities that didn't know anything about games, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. I think that's the oh, that's s- the. Remember, it was who uh, was it? The uh, Joel McHale. Yeah. Does everyone remember uh, that, yeah. that one. God. Oh my god, that was <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, if, compared if, to that, if,
3: this was a masterpiece.
2: I mean, if you if you have forgotten it, go. There are like compilation yes. clips of oh. Joel McHale's. Before, uh, I mean, it is a. I'm glad it happened. I, think I feel bad I think for he everyone involved. An
1: Emmy, I think he deserves an Emmy for just <laughs> the deep bitterness. the The he didn't want to be there at all, and he no. just let
3: it out. Oh, no. uh, it was. It's but a also big it cool. was a bad show. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, yeah.
4: T- the best thing about that was his obvious hostility <laughs> toward the like utterly crass and shoddy like production that it was that year. Like it was. It was literally like hanging around in a man cave watching trailers <laughs> like yep. it was it was bad yeah uh,
1: any other takeaways from that anything else you walked away with Like, oh that looks cool
2: austin what do we think this from software game is? i think it's i think it's i mean like seriously what, okay, i think I mean, it's what bloodborne like, and it gets announced this weekend
1: at psx when's the psx thing
2: uh, soon uh, it's like today it is this weekend yeah it, it might be today we should know this. It's, hey,
1: everyone on this call. I
2: think it's late. I think it's late tonight. Uh, um, oh, it looks like it's. Yeah, I think it is. Mm. It's like eat it this evening at like dinner time ish. Uh, I think that. Is Let's get
1: drunk cool. and do another stream.
2: Uh, eat mm. Yeah, I don't know. I. Uh, mm. I want Bloodborne too because I liked Bloodborne, but I would act. I would be happier if it was something completely different. I would. I uh, would be more excited if they yeah. decided <clears throat> to do a Dark Souls... I I want them to do another Dark Souls type game, but I would be happy with the setting being yeah like radically different. The, um, there there were I guess there were like Japanese characters in the background of that like brief. Oh, there are Japanese still, characters
1: back there. I um, hadn't seen that. Which
2: was which got people thinking. I they've made no indication they're going to reboot Tenchu, but like if you want to do a ninja Dark Souls, like I'm that'd be cool. You know, I'd be on board. I'm in to that. It's not Space Souls. It's not Mecha it's Souls. Not Mecha it's not armored Souls. It's not. Although I'm curious. It you, could be. Because they, they said they're bringing back Armored Core. Yeah, like, like fairly we'll about recently. that next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I wonder if even that game, like, does not escape the soul's orbit in some way, like, as opposed to being, like, a pure... Because when was the last Armored Core game? Was it, it was probably one on PS3, five. There right? were two
1: on PS... There were, there were four on PS3. Armored Core 4, Armored <laughs> Core 4 okay. Answer, Armored Core 5, and Armored Core Verdict Day were all on PS3 and Xbox 360. Jesus. Uh, 2013 was the last Armored Core
3: so that's, that's why they're
1: there it's been a while I'm a I'm like a huge fan of that series and can talk to you about how each one is different like I'm that dude um, we we deserve a good one we deserve one that's like really really good um, but it is it's I, they also did like ages ago they did do like a, a fantasy style uh, mech game um, that I can't quite remember the name of which is bad i feel like a liar about who i am in my life <laughs> um, especially
3: with robot mech stuff that's I what mean, i'm
1: saying this is exactly it like i'm also upsetting i am supposed uh, to know this what is the name know, of that game
2: i'm pretty familiar with the, let's see from software what did they, um uh, i'm looking through their history from software video games not chrome
1: hounds no chrome I'm hounds is great we have a great article about chrome hounds on the site people should uh, go look that up how old is it? Old, old, uh, oh. pre pre two thousand. I want frame frame grid, frame grid. What? Frame grid. Uh, Sega Dreamcast. Grid, not frame
2: grid. That's an E at oh, the end. Oh wow! Dreamcast I game. Remember, I imported
1: this. Yes, game. same. Hold on, let me look up some screenshots. Um, one on one arena combat, uh, right. with medieval style max Like, it could. It, this could be a new frame grid. <laughs> it's not there's no way it's a new frame guide. Um, <laughs> but like it is like a weird fantasy thing that could totally do like the weird body horror stuff because like the mechs all still have like weird there's like bones and shit involved you know like there's definitely a little yeah, bit of yeah
2: i am i'm am so because like i the, the i mean the if people haven't watched it like the teaser is like extremely Brief. It's so it like vague. Just like just to look at like a a weapon, maybe like it looks like a wrapped.
1: fishing rod made of bone and wire and metal. And the sound, this, the the
2: sound effects it's are gross. unsettling and gross. Um, I would be. I saw some speculation in uh, Reddit or somewhere that like you know if uh, they like radically change sort of like their influence for the souls type games as they go. along. I guess Dark Souls and Demon Souls both pull from like medieval fantasy, like Western fantasy, wow. yeah. Uh, whereas uh, you know, and then Bloodborne was Lovecraft, and uh, it had some horror elements. in this, in the way that like Lovecraft, like Lovecrafting stuff has horror elements. But uh, that teaser gave off of, like a very like, what if they decide to go straight up, like horror, like uh, hostile, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a I'd, weird I'd be, thing to I'd focus in, on. I'd be, I would be in frayed, fucking fucked up from software. Dark Souls horror game, yeah. give it to me.
1: But I could also see it. Give be, it to me. I could see it being like Japanese fantasy, especially after like, Not that not it would be a response to Neo necessarily, but like
2: mm-hmm. sometimes
1: great minds have have similar direction. Um, or yeah, a yeah. Tenchu game that has the Neo or that has the Dark Souls vibe there. The the teaser language was like shadows die twice. So that you know it could be Shadow Tower, but it could also shadows like a ninja. You know. <laughs>
2: So I mean, the only reason I think people are thinking Shadow t- Shadow dies twice is Shadow Towers because of the term shadow, shadow and twice would mean a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> so Shadow, I got shadow. <laughs> come on, <laughs> come on, give me Kingsfield, bring, bring
1: back, back Kingsfield, bring back bring back Kuan.
2: You know, oh, actually,
1: actually, actually, wait a second, it could be Kuan. It could be Kuan, which was another, which was their survival remember. horror Kuan. game uh, that set in. It was a PS2 game. It was right? a PS2 game. It was set in like pre samurai like, era Japan.
2: It was supposed to be pretty good. People had always kind of told me to play Did that. You play Kuon.
1: Um, if this is Kuon 2, you have to stream Kuon.
2: <laughs> you have to do it. Um, anyway. anyway, so that's my I'm I'm I'm, I'm excited, excited to learn. Oh my god, some of the character designs. Hell yeah, give me a Dark Souls Kuon. <laughs> oh my god. This would be Yeah,
1: it's a, good. It's, it's cool. It's a very cool design game. It's a very dark fucked up good monsters. Um Yeah. I don't
2: know that that's 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 I'm because 'cause I'm a from software geek these yeah. days, that's the one I that's kinda has sat with me. I don't know if anyone else saw anything that would stuck I started
1: playing me. Breath of the Wilds, new DLC last night. I'm gonna keep playing that today. Um New job simulator, vacation simulator, that look cool. Yeah. Soul caliber. I'm, I'm sure I'm hopeful.
3: Oh, what what did you guys think of that um that PSVR uh Thing that they showed right after uh, the new job simulator
2: was that was that Accounting Plus. Yes, so that's already available. Accounting is already a game that you can get on um, Steam. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, it's from Justin Royland. Royland. Roland, one of the co-creators of Rick and Morty. Right. Um, uh, yeah, they, he has made uh, or his team has made two different VR games, uh, uh, and so Accounting Plus is probably an expanded version of that. And I think Accounting is free on. Uh, steam if i remember correctly yeah uh, they're both we're checking out both vr games that um he's been involved with are they're very playful in vr in a in a way that uh a lot of games aren't um and so yeah if accounting is coming to psvr that is a it takes like 40 minutes to play it's super short at least the the one that's already out is um but it's it's really entertaining and and, and
1: i have a fun. real hard time with the with the like humor um, in terms of just like very screamy, very like
3: yeah, that's what I was um, turned off. And by. it's just like
1: not my thing. Like I know that it's it, it works for some people. Uh, I'm also just I think I'm too close to the I'm too close to the project because a friend of mine worked on a previous project by that team, the Crows 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 team, mm. um, and so it's like it's like I'm a little too close. I know a little too much that I'm not going to talk about in terms of like behind the scenes shit. And it's like eh, mm, you know, let people enjoy their thing. So nothing, nothing evil, nothing like immoral just like turns out making games means that people's personalities clash sometimes you know mm. um so uh,
2: see what the, uh beta Bayonetta, 3 Bayonetta. hell yeah wow yeah. switch Bayonetta looking
1: 3, I'll play that's a good hit for the switch uh that's Switch yeah. exclusive i it made me start thinking about the switch year two right like um what else? What else? Who else sees that the Switch has done really well this year and says, "You know what? Yeah, we will sign that exclusivity deal with a game." I hope that's already happened. Me too. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I hope that that's. I hope after. I hope after seeing like Zelda, people are like, "Oh, yo, we got to get on this." But by the end of this year, with Zelda and Mario, and you know, frankly, Xenoblade Chronicles, and a lot of good indie titles on, on the platform, and you know, for what is worth, Arms. Uh, but also just, like, Mario, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe sold, like, gangbusters on that on that thing. Like, there's a big... In- Smash, Smash Brothers Smash- will have yes, next year yes.
2: for, for, for sure. Totally. Oh. So,
1: like, I hope that we get more third-party stuff. I think companies like Sega are perfectly poised to do projects like Bayonetta 3 on the Switch. So, yeah. And this time, Patrick, you won't have to bring a big power brick to play it on a... On a plane? (laughs) No.
2: Oh, and I'm so excited that people, more people, get a chance to play Bayonetta Two. Yeah, like that was a uh, a game that was unfortunately, um, I mean, look, the the game only exists because Nintendo funded it, so I'm happy that it was on the Wii U. But uh, a lot of folks did not get a chance to play that, and uh, I didn't play the original Bayonetta. Like it's, I'm like, I'm mixed on like Devil May Cry ish sort of games. Like sometimes I like them, and sometimes they do nothing for me. And the original Bayonetta didn't quite grab me, but Bayonetta Two just like. Just really, really grabbed me, and so I'm, uh, I'm really excited to see what they do with the with the the third one. They're just really, they're just really fun. They're just really fun games, so they're ridiculous yeah. in a in a way that I enjoy. So, Last couple of things I'd say: Metro
1: Exodus looked great. I was happy to see Dreams. I hope Dreams showed up with a newspaper with the current date on it to say <laughs> that like oh, we still exist, we're
2: still alive. Dreams is happening. Well, they actually showed like, oh, I saw some platforming. Yeah. like that's gonna be a game. It's, I couldn't tell how floaty the platforming was, <laughs> so like I'm already like a little worried. <laughs> That's sort of like my thing yeah. with them, but I'm willing. I'm willing to love again. I'm willing to to open my heart to different types of approaches to jumping in video games. Uh, let's see, I'm trying to see what which else. Which fire,
1: which was the new Bulletstorm dev
2: game? Yep. Uh, World War Z, which looked which looked which looked more interesting before the gun came yeah, out. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like I like the art direction of that game yeah. a lot. Um, and then it just became more of a. Well, it sounds like they're making a game that's more akin to uh, Painkiller, right. which I know that people, people love Painkiller. Like those games, yep. so that's, I'm not, not dismissing it. It's more just like, wow, that's a like, cool, like, weird, gothic fantasy weird art direction. Right. And then I was like, ah, that's a lot. I don't know. Maybe that game will have a cool story attached to it
1: as oh, well. Oh, and so. we got the worst game title last night Oh, from the game uh-huh. from the new uh, the new Oh, the Payday GTFO. GTFO. Fuck. Fuck. Actually, I don't know if it's from it's that, that studio. It's from the people. No, it's,
2: ex-pay, ex-payday, it's ex-Payday developers. Ex-Payday um, making... The Payday developers are... I think they're actually revealing a game this weekend. Their Walking Dead game is getting... Okay. Uh, ...unveiled
1: this uh, weekend. But this game After looks like... Years. It's very, like, alien aesthetic. Very, like, motion sensors and... I thought it was going to, to be a straight-up,
2: like, aliens game so it's, uh, for It's real while.
1: creepy zombies. Space zombies, it looks like mm-hmm. to me. Um, so, well, it has a look. I think that might be it. I don't think anything else really stuck out. Um, uh, Zelda won Game of the Year, uh, also one Best Action Adventure Game, I think that was snuck out uh, while Al Numa and the other producer were walking up to the stage. <laughs> it also <this> won one <laughs> Action Adventure Game of the Year. Uh, and I think Best
2: Direction too. right? Yeah, uh, th- I... T- what is best direction and best game of the year? What is the distinction there? Is that just so know. that you can give like if well, no because because Breath of the Wild Breath of the Wild won both. Of them, I believe right? so, and uh, so like for people that don't like watch the Oscars or like know the dynamic of like Oscar awards, like often when it, like it is it does occur that best director and best picture are one and the same, mm-hmm. but often best director goes to something else that's not going to get best picture and it's a way of like recognizing like that it was
4: a phenomenal yeah. film
2: um without it getting best picture mm. and so that's part of the way the dynamic works out in the the oscars and but part of this because there's like a very clear role of like what a director di- I, I i best di- like direction in video games the, just seems like a much more amorphous sort yeah. of award Do you want to the description getting, yeah. Do you want the one-liners so sure. Game of the Year is
1: recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields. And Game Direction uh-huh. is awarded to a game studio for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design.
2: Yeah, that doesn't... That No, those are the same... That doesn't... I, uh, that's not a meaningful difference to I me. I
1: guess I could see it in a different time in
2: a weird way. Or like... Um, or, Smaller or games, I think, right? Like, you like so you, you get to, like, a Super Meat Boy, or even, like, a Kojima game, right? Like, I get it. Like, you're giving Best Direction to Hideo Kojima because, like, those games are clearly coming from, like, But they're even, say,
1: they're even and, saying award to a game studio. It's not even a personal award. So, like, I could see it being, like, um, it's almost reached just, like, more, like, most innovative or, like, most... It reads, like, just, like, oh, most striking. You know, like, it's the one that left you going, like, huh, that's a thing, whereas... Best uh, game of the year is like this is the best one. This one's the best one total. Uh, it's just it's so it's so weird. I don't know. It's tough. Near near one yeah. for best audio or best um, music. That's something. Yeah, um, actually, we
2: didn't talk about the fucked up thing. Is how shitty our colleagues in the video game industry are. That like near Automata was not even up for Game true. of the Year. It's, y'all fucked y'all up. Fucked up. <laughs> bad. Y'all fucked up. I feel like I fucked up by not. I guess I didn't yell at enough people to play that. We game. We yelled pretty loudly. Patrick. We did yell pretty loud. We did. We did our part. We did.
3: Yeah, I think it people have gotten me that message.
2: <laughs> it makes me angry that game wasn't in the lineup. How is that not in the fucking lineup? Come on. Come on. It would have lost. That's okay. What were all the games? So it was Super Mario, it was uh, a Zelda. Zelda, it was Horizon Zero Dawn, it was Dawn. Persona 5, it was and it was Battlegrounds. Persona 5. You know what? You fucking dropped Persona 5. Sorry. You're automata. Don't most Persona fans think that Persona 5 wasn't even that great? Mm. Uh. I
1: still think that they want their you know what I mean they want theirs. Also you just go to 6. Get you can just go to 6. Some of these categories have 6. Best sure. so best That's music what the, has the six.
2: Did. They just said ah just add like three yeah. more and they won't win Yep. but they get in the they get to get part of a montage. Yes, exactly.
1: Best ongoing game was a bit of a confusing thing too. Awarded yeah. to a game for outstanding development of ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time.
3: <laughs> Shouldn't that not be a winnable award? <laughs> This is like oh, you did good this year. Keep hustling. I I just don't get it. It's inherently flawed the the title of that award.
1: It's ongoing, you know. It's a, it's not done yet. It's good they're making progress the game, the <laughs> award.
2: So that in, in that respect player knows battlegrounds. That game ain't even at 1.0. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's ongoing, my friend.
1: Uh I think that's going to do it. I think that that's I think we I can hear yeah. us being drained over doctor disrespect one trending gamer which felt like the most like obvious thing that I didn't want to happen but
4: nothing ever but goes also... wrong with the trending gamer award <laughs> <laughs> next year's Definitely. your
1: year rob i'm rooting for you
4: <laughs> i'm just like 100% like it sort of seems like all right this is our trending <laughs> trending gamer of the year and then the milkshake duck timer right. uh, begins. Although in some cases it's not even the milkshake duck situation. It's like there were legitimately reasons. There were legitimate reasons to be wary of this from from the word go. Right.
1: Hey, did you know there was a category that was I missed this somehow? Best Chinese game. What? A fan voted the award to recognize the most popular game in China as judged by the Game Awards viewers in China. Oh, he slid I that in. Is, yeah. Uh,
2: because the game, the the awards are being uh, streamed oh, on. Okay. Uh, uh, isn't like Tencent was involved in the uh, somehow? Say, there was like some some reason that existed, which was like related
1: to
4: okay.
1: that. Okay.
2: Yeah, uh, JX3 HD one.
1: So shout outs to JX3 HD, which is a, a very pretty looking MMO that I've not seen any of until this moment. Um, you are jumping. They jump. That's gonna do it for us. I think. I think. Is anyone? Uh, Jeff, do you want to talk about where people can find you on the internet? What What, you, what are you working on right now? Where can people find you? you? Didn't... Any well given Jurassic
3: day. The new Jura- the new Jurassic Park movie comes out uh next year, <laughs> so go see that.
1: <laughs> Is it just called Jurassic World 2? It's just called no. It's Fallen called Why Kingdom, the Fuck please. Are
3: We Continuing to Go Back to This Goddamn Island.
1: Why why are we? Why are you going back?
3: There's a volcano. I just I saw the trailer muted because that's the best way you need to watch <laughs> those things. Yep. And uh fuck man. I like how how does anybody smile for a second in that trailer? People are smiling because they're like, "Oh, we forgot dinosaurs." The dinosaurs are so cute. They start off <laughs> as babies before they kill all of us.
1: Some of them are vegetarians, right? Yes. god. Does damn it have it another and Jeff
3: Goldblum's back? I saw that.
1: That looked cool. Does it have another like mutant one? Like another mutant? Yeah. Super dino? Well, it's there's the volcano. I know,
2: right? No, but yeah, there's a uh Mm, I forget what it's uh, what the Volcanosaurus
3: name. It's like a queen Yeah he's He's like Man, a Shadow the volca- of the Colossus He's got volcanoes If a volcano,
2: volcano came back. alive I, I'd be more interested Let's Fucking get Colin Tre- Trevor Get him off these
4: movies Oh okay, yeah, real quick First You can't outrun A pyroclastic flow all right, that's 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 dumb. Like everybody there is dead. All right, that's just not going to oh, work. That's a like, regular it's one. been tried. This
1: one is a this is a prehistoric uh, uh, pyroclastic flow. The fire used to go slower.
4: Yes, yeah, as as, as everyone at Pompeii discovered. <laughs> yeah, uh, like it was like uh, we got this. Every everyone everyone made it out. Uh, but the other thing is, Chris Pratt is. It's like he's become the guy you cast when your movie's not fun. Yeah, but you need somebody to suggest the idea that it might be fun. <laughs> That's Chris Pratt now. It's like, well, this, this script is lifeless and turgid. Chris Pratt, here we go. Congratulations, That was, that Jeff. was whimsical and airy. I
3: get that a
1: lot. I get that a lot. Yeah, on, I get that a lot. On, yeah being whimsical and airy and bringing, finally bringing a, a good deal of, of joy to the lives of, of the people of Jurassic World Fallen
3: Kingdom. It's not a bad trait to have, yeah. I'll tell
1: you. So how do you find the time to write about technology in between being whimsical and, and airy?
3: Well, the movie stuff's just my, just like a moonlighting. thing. I see. It's like a
1: Patreon. It's like a side deal. <laughs> yeah, little that's hobby.
3: easy. It's it's doing a three hour podcast every week. That's the problem. That's the
1: fucking. That's the thing that'll drain you. Uh, that's the hustle. Where can people find you on the internet, Jeff?
3: Uh, you can check out all the new video stuff I'm doing at CNN. Just follow me on Twitter at Jeff Bacalar, and of course, the Giant Beast Cast, every Friday.
1: Awesome. Well, except that this one and the last one, you were not on. So.
3: Yeah, but that's you know that's a little uh you know, little stain on the uh on the legacy that is my uh, tenure there. Oh so I thought you were gonna say it's a little not, stain on the beast cast. Them. I thought
1: you were gonna say like and that's on them. You know, that's the beast cast.
3: Oh, oh it's without a doubt on them. Okay. They'll they'll never live that down. Like I get they've been texting me regret after regret, so it's their problem.
1: <laughs> awesome. Uh and what's what's your Twitter again?
3: My Twitter is at Jeff Bacalar.
1: There it is. Rob Zachney, where can people find you on the internet? At Rob Zachney on Twitter. How about you, Patrick?
2: Well, you won't find me at butthole drip because oh, nobody registered no. it. How is I that mean, not? No, account? don't
1: now Man. someone's gonna register Fix it.
2: Fix it. Fix it.
3: That's bad.
2: Fix What's that
1: butthole drip dot wow. is?
3: But, oh <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: Don't. Nothing. You know, no one, one has it yet. We'll Nobody, answer, has uh, answer, answer, no Nobody has to register these sites for us. Nobody has to
4: redirect these. We're fine. <laughs> We're, Butthole drip dot biz.
1: Okay. Uh,
2: all right. Because your butthole's busy.
1: Dripping. You can find me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. You can follow everything we do at waypoint.vice.com. You can follow us at Twitter at twitter.com slash waypoint. Facebook.com slash waypointvice. We're over on YouTube youtube.com slash waypointvice. We, uh, we streamed the video game awards, me, Danica, and Natalie last night, and you can find that over at twitch.tv slash waypoint. I don't think that one's going to make its way into the, the YouTube archive, so uh, if you want to watch that, just go over to Twitch and uh, and click on videos up at the top. And if you want to talk to us, uh, head over to discourse.zone, our, our message boards, which which have an incredible mod team. Uh, we are there, so so check us out there. As always, thank you to Bowen for letting us use his track Miss You off the EP pal machine. Until Monday, I think it's time for us to, to turn in, to, to tune in, to, I'm just, I'm tired. I don't have it in me today. I need, I need a little something. I need a little, I, You need a little nap. I just need a little nap. All right. I think that's it. Peace.